0: Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of I Guess We're Grown-Ups Now, a podcast about adulthood and being the kind of grown-ups we want to be. I'm your host, Carrie Halstead. My guest tonight is Brooke Shelley, a speaker, writer, and woman in tech from Portland and Austin, uh, there's a lot of show notes for today's show and you can find all of those as always at goodstuff.fm grownups 20. You can find this podcast on iTunes if you want to subscribe so that you get to hear every new podcast as it comes out. And you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at grownups_fm. underscore fm. And, of course, the podcast lives at goodstuff.fm, our broadcast network. I would like to thank our sponsor, who is Feedpress. Feedpress is a simple, intuitive, and powerful RSS analytics and podcast hosting platform. Featuring powerful subscriber and podcast download tracking, integrated newsletters, automated publishing to popular social networks such as Twitter and Facebook, a slick drag-and-drop podcast hosting interface, and everything you need in order to submit an optimized feed to iTunes. With 250 meg of flexible file storage that rolls over monthly, you can easily upload four episodes per month. Upgrading storage is easy and affordable, starting at a flat rate. Just $20 per gig. Feedpress also features great new analytics uh, for geolocation and valet migration from other platforms. Sign up today and try Feedpress on a 14-day trial, no contracts or commitments. Use promo code GROWNUPS during checkout to get 10% off your first year. Thanks to Feedpress and goodstuff.fm for hosting, I guess, for Grown Ups Now. Now my conversation with Brooke. Hope you enjoy. All right, so welcome to the show, Brooke Shelley. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So just as a bit of background, um, Brooke and I work. Co-workers for about a week and a half back in June, <laughs> where I started yep. working for the company that she was working for, and then she left. And I was so sad because when I met you, I was like, hey, that is a cool person. I can't wait to you talk with her more. And then the next thing I heard was your re- your like leaving letter. And <laughs>
1: I'm like, yeah, oh and I, no. Yeah, I felt the same way. And I was like, oh, it was the problem at that company was there were always so many cool new people being hired. Yeah. But I'd already kind of decided to go on to something else. And uh, I was like, well, on the upside, at least, we'll all be in Portland. And then I was like, oh, no, you lo- you don't live here at all. <laughs> so.
0: But then we got to hang out at XOXO.
1: Right, which was fantastic. Um, XOXO
0: was fantastic. And hanging out was fantastic. So. Yeah,
1: it totally was. I think that... The experience of it was made that much better by having a few friends that we got to kind of render around with. I don't right. Have, a thousand people is still too many people to be by yourself, I think.
0: Yeah, so. it was a lot. And I was glad to have a couple people who I barely know knew at the start who I got to like get to know a little better as the weekend went on. So.
1: Yeah, it was great. I just watched a talk from that actually today.
0: I saw that they were out. I haven't had a chance to, um, look at them yet. Which one did you go back and watch?
1: Well, I missed the Harry vagina talk, um, <laughs> because I was, uh, I slept in that morning and, um, was like, Oh, you know, whatever. I don't know who that person is. And I watched it this morning and it was fantastic. And I'm, I wish I'd seen it in person, but it was, uh, it lived up to expectations. So.
0: Yes. So that was Heather Armstrong's talk. We will put a link to it in the show notes. Um, and she is one of the main reasons why I went to XOXO. Yeah. Okay. I've been reading her for uh, 10 or 12 years. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, it was a big... I was like, "Ah, it's Heather Armstrong. And, uh, I mean, for me, her talk was great. It wasn't... But there were so many... This is the XOXO episode of, I guess, we're grown-ups now. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even, for me, the highlight. Like, I was, like like there were so many great things that I totally
1: were and I don't um I guess I should say that my experience with mommy blogging is only knowing what Nicole Cliff writes about on the <laughs> toast um which is usually somewhat tongue-in-cheek about yeah. people's acronyms for things like whatever the um uh I, I forget what they are but the ones about like my husband or like my kids but like all the short acronyms that people use and stuff like
0: Yeah, DH and DS yeah, and DD. One. Yeah. Oh, oh, dear is, husband. Dear daughter. Just,
1: I don't know how to react it, to it. It's, <laughs> it's creepy. Just, oh God, it's so creepy. Um, <laughs> so I kind of got a bad idea about mommy blogging, but um, it was cool to hear about her experiences, I guess, with it. It was a, a new world for me. I don't, I have cats, um, but I feel like <laughs> if you make a blog about, or sorry, like a blog or like a podcast about being a cat mom, that's like, Pretty terminal for your ability to go out and meet people to date or whatever. <laughs> it's sort of like giving up. No offense to the cat I bloggers suppose. out there. But, I suppose uh,
0: <laughs> having kids is actually pretty, you know, detrimental to like dating people too.
1: Sure, sure, but there's at least more to talk about.
0: Maybe Whereas my
1: cats. My cats are doing what they always do, which is they're sleeping <laughs> on a couch and a chair. Um, you could run don't...
0: the same podcast every <laughs> week.
1: Yeah, or I could just pretend that they're learning things. Like, well, they went to school today. <laughs> Um, they stole some food. That's about oh it. my gosh. <laughs>
0: this is the best podcast ever, actually, yeah. that yeah, you just invented. So. I'm,
1: I'm going to get a little close for them. It's going to be real weird. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Um, so besides having cats and we used to work together, what else do you want the people to know about yourself?
1: So um, I'm a recent Portland transplant. Uh, I grew up in Austin, Texas, which is um, sort of known as the music or liberal hub of Austin, or sorry, of Texas, rather. Right. <laughs> um, people consider Austin sometimes its own weird mini estate inside of Texas because it's so different from the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I grew up there, went to school there, uh, grew up in a very conservative household. Myself, am very not conservative and very queer, and uh, finally escaped because I was like, oh, Portland exists, so I <laughs> should just go there <laughs> instead of trying to hope for Austin to get better. Right. Um Yeah, and came out to work at Puppet. Um, Yeah, I mostly like hike around and bike around and read and write. And those are my sort of things that I do around town. I do a lot of like spoken word events. Nice. Um, Yeah, which is kind of fun. I also end up traveling for conferences pretty often. Like I was just in Houston again, which was surreal, um, for Grace Hopper, which is like a women's engineering conference. Yep. It was surreal because... It was like visiting an ex. Like the whole state of Texas felt like my ex. I was just like, um, had some mixed feelings about seeing it again. Because I was like, you didn't treat me super well last time. I don't know how this is going to go. But it was pretty, it was all right. It was super different. It reminded me why I left, I guess I should say.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I grew up here around Saskatoon um, and then moved away for you know 15 years and it was always interesting coming back seeing my family I didn't see my friends from high school a whole lot but Mm. but just like the geography of it and the climate and the old places it was yeah it's always a little little, like there's that weird nostalgia about stuff you thought was amazing when you were a kid and as an adult you're kind of like uh Mm. Like, I kind of hate it, but I also, like, a part that's so fundamental to who I am,
1: loves right. it. Well, that sort of that concept of, like, you can't go home again. Right. Um. That, like, once I've moved away, once I had left all those folks behind, there's people who are close to me still to some degree, but um, my moving away was also pretty consistent with my, I had a divorce in there, and, like, a lot of other things that kind of predicated getting a pretty different community, pretty new community um, in Portland. And so yeah, going back, I was like, oh, we don't have as much we connect on anymore. Mm -hmm. Or like, here are the very specific things that we can go do, like go eat. But even like the, my friend runs a queer bar there that's really great called Cheer Up Charlie's. And even going to that, I was like, wait, like this is queer in a different way than Portland is. And yeah, it was just so Um, So odd. Although I got tacos, which was great because I miss tacos.
0: Yeah, I imagine tacos there are better than like just about anywhere north of there.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) And and especially the breakfast tacos. And they they make these um, like sangria slushies at this one place. (gasps) Um, uh, I'm not going to admit to doing this, but if you do, say, get a sangria slushie at El Cholito and you happen to just kind of walk away. Um, you might be able to wander around the streets of Austin drinking a sangria slushy, but it's super oh, illegal. So I would that would never
0: be that. wrong to do, Brooke.
1: <laughs> that would be terrible. So I would not recommend it. But they're delicious so. <laughs> and portable. <laughs> and well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, my mom saw me get one, and she was just like, "Are are you? What do you? How do you? Like you can just take that?" And I was like, "No, you can't take this away from here."
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing it anyway. Well wow. in New
1: Orleans they they put a little sticker over the top of the straw right. to like to at least pretend that you're doing something okay. But <laughs> anyway.
0: When I was in Germany uh last spring, it was amazing to see people in public with open alcohol. Like you can go anywhere. Yeah. People on the beach with beers. It's like this is amazing. Why why do we have these laws about yeah. Well, and I, I think mean, it's
1: it's the it's the people who, you know, can't be, who are not responsible, right. who might ruin it for the rest of us. Like, Some
0: bad apples out there.
1: Yeah, I was in Tokyo, and it was the same thing. And they also have a culture of like, if you're publicly drunk, someone will help you get home, but oh. like you will be an embarrassment, so like <laughs> they will try to shuffle you away. So um, it, it was kind of like, don't do that. You'll lose space and like kind of be shame like shame yourself. So. <laughs>
0: it's You're, so cute but so effective right yeah like,
1: it, it's perfect wow. and they have like yeah it's it was a that was a strange choice although eating on the street really rude not a good idea to do there
0: so. really
1: wow yeah. Huh. yeah um my friend and i went we're uh very much stared at for trying to like eat something outside of 7-eleven
0: so <laughs> i find it humorous that there are 7-elevens even in, in japan amazing.
1: Oh, the 7 there are way better than ours. Uh, I don't know how they are in Canada. No, nah, they're
0: pretty slubby here in Canada.
1: Well, you have the dill chips and the all-dressed. So... <laughs> ketchup. Yeah, ketchup. But um... <laughs> <laughs> but there they have uh, like handmade rice balls and like all sorts of prepared food that's pretty stellar. Huh. So, yeah. Gotta to
0: travel. Traveling is so good.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's a nice thing to do with uh, occasional free time. <laughs> <laughs> and money. Yeah, there's that part. Well, okay, so here's a weird admission. Um I've never really traveled on my own money.
0: Uh see, good policy.
1: Middle. Yeah, so I've either traveled for work or um I told you earlier that I grew up conservative and Christian. Mm-hmm. So maybe I didn't mention the Christian part, but I grew up Christian or at least my was raised that way. Me too. Um yeah, okay. Which, That's a whole which, other episode. Let's see. Yeah, it. which flavor real quick? I'm just curious. Uh Anglican, which okay, is so.
0: uh Episcopalian.
1: Yep, yep. Totally. So I grew up in a sort of Baptist ah. evangelical background. So right. from a younger age, people would spend money to send me to places, <laughs> to ostensibly talk about Jesus, but I never really did. You like, got laid. Uh, I mean, no, uh, no, oh, no,
0: sorry. No. That's terrible cough I have.
1: <laughs> I was, I was 12. I was 12. Okay. I was skateboarding. I was skateboarding inappropriate. in Switzerland, but um, later on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, I don't know. Take it back. I may not have. Oh, God, I wasted all that time. Um, (laughs) but I went to, like, India to go play a bunch of rock shows. And I went to Taiwan to help, like, renovate a coffee shop for, like, a Christian organization. Wow. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. And then with uh, the Tokyo and Hong Kong trip, um, my ex's parents paid for us to come and visit them. And then I was like, we should spend a little bit of money to fly to Tokyo. Nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I still need to have like my I'm an adult and I dropped a thousand dollars to go somewhere inadvisable. Yeah. So
0: it's yeah. I'm enjoying traveling for work now. Like I get to go to Portland every couple of months, few months. And uh, that's been a nice thing. I mean, it's nice to discover a city and, and not really have any commitment to it either. Like I don't have to find a place to live or... Like, I don't have to visit family while I'm there. I just go and enjoy it and and work. I mean.
1: And all of our bars and (laughs) our, like, now legal marijuana, which is so strange. I Uh, have no
0: idea what you're talking about.
1: No, never. I mean.
0: I assume people who like that would be into that.
1: Wait, which province are you in?
0: (laughs) Saskatchewan
1: okay okay gotcha i don't know anything about the laws in saskatchewan so
0: yeah it's been a little bit weird around here recently I, it's not legal but there are a couple shops opening up like i think they're sure. trying to push the issue yeah okay. so yeah but the liberal government that just got elected
1: yeah Trudeau. one of their
0: yeah one of their provinces was to legalize marijuana so we may be joining your fine ranks very soon
1: it's one of those, it's like public drinking. It's like, it's kind of like, meh, I don't know, why not? But it doesn't really matter all that much.
0: Right. I mean, it, do if you want to and don't, if you don't want to. And try not to get into car accidents if you do. So Yeah.
1: Quick note. I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. The uh, tangent, but you just mentioned Trudeau. Um, I watched him fall down the stairs <laughs> on the John Oliver program. Isn't that amazing? How is that? What is like, Um. Okay. I don't, I don't get it, but it's. Way better than Harper.
0: (laughs) It's yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. He's an interesting guy. I mean, he's like six months older than me, Mm -hmm. and um, I've been aware of who he is for decades because he his dad dad was prime minister for a long time, and and he's really good looking. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's just like before he was in politics. I mean like there were photographs taken of him because he's Mm -hmm. just a good looking guy and really friendly and nice and um yeah it's just so different from Stephen Harper or just about any other politician in literally the world
1: no totally I I am looking at a photo of him in a really bad goatee right now and I'm thinking I'm thinking that I can't really fathom heterosexuality I'm just gonna (laughs) stick with that goatee was definitely (laughs) a mistake yeah, he likes to have sort of an evil twin of himself. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm really stoked. I have a bunch of friends in Canada, and I have plans to go to Winnipeg. And so oh, I'm, I'm glad to know the politics will get better. Oh, <laughs> I hope Marika listens to this. I
0: just lost the Winnipeg audience. No, sorry. No,
1: just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard great things from her. Yeah, and it's then a great city, uh, it's great city, actually. We joke
0: because. Um, because saskatchewan and manitoba are beside each other and so it's yeah. like a eh, rivalry blah. but winnipeg is an amazing city and they have an ikea which we can't even like we will never have an ikea so we just we can only be jealous of winnipeg
1: wow you you don't have an ikea that's, yeah, that's so fair. sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i was uh i was glad to see the news um i'm i'm hoping that eventually when our horribly long election cycles over, we have some similarly good news. But. That
0: segment on John Oliver was so hilarious. We will also put it in case you, like, you live under a rock and haven't seen it. I will. Or in America. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a treasure to everyone.
1: It's true. I should also say now, um, as a quick note, uh, I often get mistaken for Canadians because of my accent, um, but I am not Canadian. And then... Uh, I ended up knowing way too much about Canadian politics because of friends because of friends uh, which doesn't help so when I got hired at my new company after oh I don't know like a few months or something we hired some new Canadian folks and the HR director was like oh you'll be happy we hired more Canadians <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'm sorry I'm uh, from Texas so <laughs> what, was like, to what what's... do
0: you attribute not having a southern accent but but having what is yeah. mistaken for a northern
1: accent that's so initially it was um I wanted to, when I was traveling, I was like, it's better not to sound Texan or American. And so I didn't. And then uh, I had a lot of Canadian friends. So it was just sort of something I could like use as an anti-pattern. Right. You could like follow along with. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: um, nice. So, appropriate our culture to,
1: you know, exactly. I'm just stealing. I'm just stealing. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and. And I think I watched a bunch of like British TV, so other weird things snuck in. So I started seeing progress and project, nice. which not every Canadian does. But um,
0: we're very this... confused about project and process. And yeah, process and I will and never product. say
1: Puma. Or <laughs> so. <laughs> There's a few things like that I just can't get behind. You
0: s- what uh, What is the structure on top of your house called?
1: Oh yeah, the roof. Okay. Not the roof. Not the roof. <laughs> or the roof. Yeah. And I didn't say a boot.
0: Oh, but if the sun shines today, what did it do yesterday?
1: Oh, uh, set? Wait. No, no.
0: Like, what's the past tense of shine?
1: Oh, (laughs) shun. Wait, what do you say? Sean. Oh, wow. Like, rhymes
0: with gone.
1: Oh, or like the guy that works in IT or something. (laughs) Sean. Sean okay okay well see there's there's distinctions I know it's like those hidden things that people won't catch but real Canadians will always know that I'm a fake Canadian so because you say shown because <laughs> <laughs> I say shown <laughs> and because yeah all sorts of other things my obsession with barbecue probably <laughs>
0: probably we don't know what barbecue is up here it's true as uh, so it's an appliance on the on the back deck where we barbecue our steaks
1: and I'm confused by French so oh also- well oh. yeah
0: you're not Canadian then sorry <laughs>
1: It's true, <laughs> so true.
0: So you've listened to a couple episodes, anyway. Of uh, I guess we're grown ups now. What uh, what kind of things about it have been resonating with you?
1: So I just think it's really fascinating to hear people talk about what it even means to be a grown up. Like it's not something that I've ever like um, gotten a firm grasp on what that is. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so people's perspectives on like. Here are the challenges I'm going through. Here are the weird things that I have to deal with. Um, and kind of looking around and realizing, oh, God, I'm in my 30s now. And people expect things of me that they didn't used to expect of me. And I have to deliver or not. And then there's consequences at this point. It's um, That's usually something I'm thinking about. And so every time I heard a guest kind of mention things like that, I was like, okay, all right. Well, I'm scared of this. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: What What do you think makes a good adult? I mean... Never mind yourself. We're talking about other people here. Oh,
1: generally. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: we'll deal with the other part next.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, I'd say, like, a a, a sense of responsibility, um, a sense of, like, being able to apologize, mm. being able to listen. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Um, and the sort of, like... Um, I don't know. A friend of mine referred to me as like a doer, like somebody who just does stuff um, when I need to. And yeah. I, think, I think that's a good thing to do. Like it, instead of being like, oh, I should take the trash out, just take the trash out. Um, I, I think that's maybe like a more general <laughs> attitude I, I think is good for being a grown up because it just means you get more done. And yeah. Then you have more leisure time. You don't have to <laughs> worry about things in that leisure time. Like oh, I'm reading a book right now, but I should be doing this other stuff.
0: Just do the other stuff. and
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I definitely don't think that you have to have kids or that you have to own a house. Like, I don't have any of those sorts of things in my head. Just sort of a general uh, growing and maturity that slowly happens over the course of your life and death. So,
0: yeah. So I think, like we could do an episode on like just about every single item you touch there. Like apologies is such a huge one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still really hard. Right. <laughs> Especially when you don't feel like you're wrong. Um, oh, totally. Like really Let that go is really big.
0: There's so many levels to like figuring out you're wrong or doing it anyway. Or what are the words you say? What are the words you don't say? Anyway? Yeah.
1: Right, and and like sorry is as easy to word as easy as a word to say as love is for some people. But like saying you're sorry doesn't mean that anything will change or that you actually are. Um so it's a lot more commitment to that. But I agree, we should definitely like cover that at some point in time. Yeah, that'd be amazing. It's a good one.
0: Um Yeah. <laughs> uh so the last episode, um that I recorded was with my fabulous friend, Hillary, who is an amazing human being and everyone should follow her on Twitter because she's funny. And I posed to her this theme for, you know, the, the next round of, of episodes, which was, I would ask the next guest a question posed by the previous guest. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how long this lasts. I don't know (laughs) if I end up having, if we end up being like co-host something, it's dead. But, um,
1: so, Or we just ask each other weird questions. <laughs> I, we'll figure it out. Which is pretty <laughs> much what podcasting is. Exactly. So,
0: so her question was, um, she found herself in this situation where she like rediscovered a hobby from her youth. Um, in her case, it was a video game, and she just became obsessed with it for a while, and yeah. she wanted to know if this happened to other people as well.
1: Yes. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so t- um, tell me. Yeah, so... So I should go back to when I was a kid, um, and still now fairly introverted, except I can still go out and talk to people. But like my biggest hobby when I was younger was reading. Um, and mostly sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. And and then, because I thought I had to be a grown-up to go to college, um, I kind of went away from that and said, I'm only gonna read serious literature. I'm gonna read mostly like modern and nineteenth century literature and Russian literature and expose myself to that world so I read nothing but that for the next uh probably seven or eight years
0: yeah
1: um so I read a lot of really important work I suppose but I lost touch with the fun a lot of times of reading just silly things and uh, a couple of years ago I decided to no longer read men for the foreseeable future,
0: nice, because I'd
1: read so much of the sort of white male canon that I realized I'd missed out on a lot of um, treasure troves of work, and I also then made the connection that a lot of the people I loved to read when I was younger were women who wrote science fiction or fantasy sometimes under um like with their their initials instead of their names, yep. you didn't know they were women because they could get read because. Anyway misogyny. Um, so, so I just started, yeah, so I just started reading that again, and uh, would I picked up some young adult novels. I stopped taking myself seriously and and was like, I don't care if someone sees that I'm reading you know the Harry Potter series or or whatever. and uh, fortunately, some of the authors that I liked from from sort of modern literature also wrote some um young adult fiction, like Michelle T Oh really. Yeah, she wrote the Mermaid of Chelsea Creek, and then it's a trilogy. Um, So Michelle T writes, if if people don't know, like um, largely queer memoir. Okay. Like this book Valencia, which is about her sort of uh, troubled twenties in San Francisco. Um, Her most recent book, I think, is called How to Grow Up, which is also appropriate. Uh. And it's a memoir about realizing that she's in her thirties and living at a punk house, and. And being like, I need to figure out how to be a grown-up. And then it it progresses to her um, deciding to have a child, then getting a partner, and then having a child, and all that kind of stuff. But um, to go back to the, the science fiction fantasy stuff, I, I just got to dive in and explore it. And I still read literature. Um, I'm in a book club with a bunch of other dykes, and we read lesbian literature specifically. But mm-hmm. I... A lot of the time, like probably 50 to 60% of the time, I'm reading some awesome sci-fi by a woman of color or by a queer woman or both. And and I'm just getting so many more perspectives than I had before. And there's these wild stories that explore like some of the worlds that I can't even fathom, you know, Um, other experiences that I can't fathom. And and in a way that I hadn't in a long time, I got absorbed by reading to the point that I would not sleep at night <laughs> and like be tired the next day at work because I was like, well, I finished that book, but it was at 4 a.m. Or, um, you know, the I, I bad habit of childhood of like walking into things when I was reading on the street, when I was walking around.
0: <laughs> Before your cell phone?
1: Yeah. Or like being in the restroom and reading and then like my legs falling asleep, all that kind of stuff that I did when I was younger. That's a terrible idea to do. Happened again. It was a, yeah. (laughs) So I think it does happen. I think hobbies do reemerge and um, for better or for worse, maybe in some of the same exact ways they did when we were children. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you go back and read like some of your favorites from when you were a kid? Did they hold up?
1: Yeah. I did a couple and they did. Um, There's a few that I'm saving that I'm like really excited to go revisit, but I wanted to like you know, really think about before I went through with it. Um, And and those, I'm scared they won't. Um, But, like, it's a little bit limited because, like, some of the people I read were dudes, and I'm not going to read dudes right now. But there's a series from, like, C.S. Friedman that's about, I don't know, it's this bizarre series of, like, people who land on a planet, and the planet will make whatever you're thinking about come true. Mm. So... Um, I think there's some movies with similar topics, but like really, really wild. Um, and they had sort of a vampire love story thing too. Um, this was in the nineties, like way before like twilight or whatever, but, uh, it piqued my curiosity. So I will go back and read that and report back for sure.
0: Nice. I am not a big sci-fi reader. I, um, I don't know. I just never got into it, but Mm -hmm. I read a book this past summer called the summer prince by okay. Leia Dawn. Have you read it? It's it's a young adult, actually, novel. Great. But yeah, it was a fascinating book. And
1: What's, what's it about? Like, short little?
0: Um, it's sort of post-apocalyptic. Um, yes. And it's set in <laughs> Brazil. And right. it's a matriarchy.
1: Oh, perfect. <laughs> and
0: every year they select uh, um, a summer prince. And he, like, lives the high life. Mm-hmm. But it, then at the end of the summer he died like he is ritually killed okay it's like a wicker mountain kind of thing maybe i don't know wicker mountain oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah it it was uh really good it was very um the relationships um in it like the romantic relationships in it made no big deal about whether they were straight or gay or anywhere in between like it just took um matriarchy for granted and gender for granted it was just everything was fluid and didn't matter like it wasn't the point of the story oh that's rad that somebody was lesbian or old or young or it was just Mm -hmm. it was great it was a neat um that's really fun presentation of it yeah
1: i just finished a book the other day too that i think everyone's reading this series it seems like right now but it was um it's called ancillary justice i think was the first one Mm mm-hmm Sci-fi series um, about spaceships and such. But the main character, uh, maybe spoiler alert, possibly, but the main character used to be a spaceship. Oh, wow. And is now um, a person. Cool. And the language that this person and the people in her world speak are or has no um, pronouns, uh, doesn't have gendered pronouns at all. Um, oh. And so the author chose to use she pronouns for everyone when they're speaking in this language. Um, Even though in the language there's no gender, she just settled on she as the gender-neutral one. Um, Which is really wild because you're reading the book and then someone is also seeing a character and then says, like, you know, genders the person the other way because they're speaking a different language. Or they describe the person physically. And it just really, it does a lot to make you, like, think about what you assume about people in different stations or in different roles. Right. And it was a pretty fun, pretty fun read. Um, I don't know if I'll make you a sci-fi reader, but I can definitely recommend some things <laughs> that I enjoyed.
0: <laughs> Send me a list and we'll put it in yeah. the show notes. It's awesome. So
1: what about you? What do you think about like hobbies reemerging? Did you have something that came back from your childhood?
0: I've been trying to think about that. And I don't really... Um, every once in a while, I'll try to draw or try to write fiction. And I mean, I think... I did this when I was a kid too. I'll spend like two days on trying to like be someone who draws or someone who writes and, and like produce horrible content, (laughs) of course, because you don't become a master in two days. So this is my like hobby is like, um, giving up on something I'm not really good at
1: instantly. (laughs) Your hobby is giving up. I like that. Yeah.
0: So maybe I do that like all the time. But um, I don't know if I like had any long-term hobbies when I was a kid. Although, I mean, I'm into sports, like Mm -hmm. watching sports, um, which is a bit unusual. And Mm -hmm. in high school, I was obsessed with it. My friend Tamara and I would wander the hallways at recess and talk about Sports ad nauseum. It was like we were obsessed with players and teams and games and, and we'd watch a game the night before and like talk about it. Like our friends hated us because <laughs> all we wanted to talk about. And we had crushes on these hockey players and football players and it was wow. ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I still, I fell out of it a bit in my, 20s I guess but every once in a while I'll start watching a sport seriously and get obsessed with it again. I mean this year it's baseball because up until <laughs> up until Friday night the Blue Jays were in it. And oh then they no, lost. yeah, anyway, my problem.
1: I was listening to a different podcast <laughs> where they made up a cocktail for the Blue Jays because when they recorded the podcast they were still in it as well. So since I don't keep up with sports, as far as I knew, the Blue Jays were doing really well.
0: So. Yeah, well, they were doing really now, well until they were not doing very well at all. So now, now we know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what, like, what do you What do you think kept you away from from sports viewing in the in the interim? Like, do you feel like there was something that replaced it?
0: Um, I think um, having kids took away my big blocks of time. Like, it's hard to watch a four hour baseball game every night or every other night for a whole summer when, you know, there's kids who need feeding and cleaning and playing with and stuff like that. And my kids are getting to an age now where, where I can, you know, leave them in a room for a few hours and they're happy by themselves because they're, you know, youth, not babies. So, um, so having a little more free time now, I also started playing soccer a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and so I started watching soccer when I did that too, and I like, I love watching soccer on TV now, which yeah. a lot of people hate it, I just, uh, I understand you- it so much more now that I play it, that it's fun.
1: Did you watch the Women's World Cup? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a lesbian holiday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's really great.
0: It's a straight girl fan holiday too. It's oh very yeah, totally. fun. like all my soccer friends are like
1: ah, awesome. going
0: to games and yeah.
1: We watched it at a, at Puppet actually when I was at the company we used to work at. Right, we had it on the screen all the time, which is really fun. Yeah, I can't say I was ever a sports fan particularly because I I feel like a, a, similar to having the Texas accent, sports was something that I kind of didn't like when yeah. I was in Texas because yeah. it it was a certain Type of people that really like sports, and usually those people were not very nice to me, so right. I <laughs> yeah. avoided it. But there's a lot yeah. of
0: cultural baggage that goes with a lot of sports. I'm not. I never got back into hockey as an adult. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's changed. Well, maybe it's just me that's changed, but yeah, I, I'm not into hockey Yeah.
1: As a the the ways that hockey's changed, <laughs> <laughs> it used to be something. It I used- watch- used to be something. <laughs> I watched Formula 1 racing, which is oh, like What? Yeah, I love that. Um yeah, I grew up I grew up uh, my uncle was a car racing person. Really? Um yeah, he was involved in like as a pit chief person for like some kart teams and a few other things. He raced motorcycles when he was younger. And so I grew up around car racing a bit and always liked it. Um watched races when I was younger and then that's another thing that I kind of like it, it lapsed when I was you know, kind of in college and such, and then got back into it, um, especially uh, the couple years before we opened the track in Austin, Texas, um, I'd been watching, and then we opened a track, and we were the only track in uh, the United States, and it was really exciting. Wow. Yeah, and then I moved away from the only track in the United States, which is sad, (laughs) but but yeah, it's really fun. It's like a kind of, um, I mean, similar to a lot of other sports, it's like a soap opera with with a game around it uh, yeah. all the people who participate have huge personalities they get paid a lot of money to be ridiculous and there's always a drama and and then people are racing and sometimes the cars break and fortunately people don't get hurt very often but um yeah it's it's uh it's the only thing i consistently watch um that is a sport huh so
0: yeah that's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> F one is not something I ever watched a lot. Although once a year, like when I lived in Toronto, once a year the city would shut down for the weekend because it was yeah, Formula One
1: back in the day. Yeah, um there are some. I will say this though. Uh, back to the heterosexuality topic, there are some guys on the in Formula One that are kind of cute, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> maybe see what's going on. Unfortunately, <laughs> probably they're not. taller than all of them. I don't know if that matters. No, no, good point. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's, <laughs> I would tower over them. Maybe that'd be fun. Maybe that'd be great. They could just like drive me around the their car and I would be taller. I don't know. That'd be amazing. <laughs> It'd be amazing.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, so what is your question that you would like to hear the next person, whether it's us or someone else, uh, talk about on the show?
1: So this is actually kind of somber after the really fun one, but this <laughs> is the one that I was thinking about. Um, uh, and it's when did you first feel like mortality, when did you first feel like I might die um, Mm -hmm. as an adult? Um, Because I think that for me and a lot of people I know, uh, you know, our 20s were often characterized by feeling like this is going to last forever. We're having a great time. Um, That said, I had a few friends who had things happen to them in their 20s that really did hit that home. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm curious to find out kind of when us or a guest um, first went, oh, shit, this is not an endless ride
0: yeah that's a great question i'm gonna have to think about that and get my thoughts collected i've always been a bit of a morbid kid like uh (laughs) i think i've always been like i still am um but i remember crying myself to sleep in high school thinking about (laughs) what would happen if i died oh no it was never what would happen if my parents died it was what would happen to the people if i died (laughs) what would the world
1: do without me (laughs) yeah I like that I like that a lot yeah I mean I grew up with a very like easy answer to that question which is like well you go to heaven or you go to hell Uh, yeah you're really fucked up um yeah and then I I got rid of that so that'll be a fun topic because I yeah (laughs) still a morbid kid though I definitely uh black a lot for a lot of my youth so
0: (laughs) hilarious yeah. Uh, has adulthood gone the way you pictured it? Like,
1: oh, jeez. Um, no. <laughs> Short answer, no. No, I, I, uh, I kind of had to become an adult really early. I should say. Um, I was the older child. Yeah. Um, my sister was seven years younger than me. Oh wow. And from a young age, due to some things that we can go into another episode or something, I was taking care of her a lot of the time, and. I moved out at 17 to live with a partner, and, um, and she and I lived with her sister, and like I worked. So I grew up really fast um, in some ways, and in other ways didn't grow up for a while. Yep. Uh, but I kind of thought to myself, like, oh, the pinnacle of this is going to be um, meeting a person, falling in love, getting married, maybe having a kid or two or three, and then maybe, I don't know, buying a house or something. Yep. And so I did the first few. I got married. Um, my ex, uh, who is a good friend of mine, actually, uh, was another lesbian person who um, I met after university. And yeah, we just didn't, we didn't think it would end. And then after seven years of being together and five years of that being like gay married, which was fun, mm-hmm. um, we decided to end it. And so I had to rethink everything I thought was like my, my adulthood future because I had, I was just like, oh, I'm on like neutral now. Or not neutral. I'm on like a, a, a cruise control now. I can just right. kind of like, coast on into like the future.
0: But it turns gonna... out you were in neutral.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It turns out that I just like broke the car completely. <laughs> um, but the cool thing about it is after I got through some of that and did some soul searching and had been going to therapy for a few years, like everything is so much better now. And I bet that they would also agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, and I think it took a lot of failure, like it often does, for me to kind of get a better idea of how little I do know about that, mm. and then maybe start really learning. So, um, yeah. How how about you? Did you feel similarly, or
0: it's funny? I think um, I tend to go through life. Um, I've had moments where I'm like, "Why isn't this going at?" all like why am I not living life that life over there instead Mm -hmm. of this life that I'm living like you have this um I mean envy or jealousy is the only oh yeah like easy term for it you look at somebody else's life or some like construct that you can put together in your brain and go ah like why why isn't it like that but then I also know that if I look at my series of choices that I've made, like, Mm -hmm. no, I wasn't going to wind up over there. Like, I have consciously made my life into what it is. And so while, like, in a fit of, you know, rage, I might think that nothing has gone the way I wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's completely false. I mean everything. Um I had a very eye-opening experience. I was going through like a scrapbook I'd made a long time ago of mm-hmm. when I graduated high school. There were newspaper clippings and stuff like that. I was a smart oh, wow. kid and yeah, it, it there was like scholarship announcements and stuff like that. And once I was actually interviewed by a reporter about a scholarship I'd gotten and that person asked me, like, where do you picture yourself in five or 10 years? And I said, mm-hmm. Oh, I'll probably be like working for, you know, a big corporation. <laughs> like, Oh, wow, like, I planned this, right. Um, this was no accident. I didn't, like, stumble into a job at IBM. Like, I wanted that. Wow. And maybe it was that I didn't completely understand it. Well, it's totally that. <laughs> um and that you never see from the front side you never see all the drawbacks of something but but like I picked my own path through life and any dissatisfaction I have with it is ridiculous it's
1: you know what yeah. I mean yeah totally you kind of go oh um like it isn't perfect but nothing is right and like, obviously it's not going to live up to what you wanted when you were younger when I was a kid um I'm really glad this didn't work out because I probably wouldn't be on this podcast. Um, When I was a kid, I was obsessed with a comic book series um, with a character called Deadpool. Uh um, And his profession was uh, being a mercenary assassin. And so I used to tell my grandma all the time that that's what I wanted to do, which is a weird thing for a little girl to say to her grandma, but I did. And she just kind of was like, okay, that's neat. And even like (laughs) made me a costume. So... Um, Fortunately, I don't kill people for a living. That would be really <laughs> rough.
0: Um, oh, but and, that would make for a great
1: podcast. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, here's my podcast about growing up. And also, I kill people. No, no, <laughs> don't do that. Um, yeah. And I, I never would have thought I would go into tech. Um, I went into tech sort of as a necessity. We should talk about that sometime. Yeah. Um, and I always wanted to be a writer, which now I also am, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't. it didn't happen in the way that I thought it would. And... Um, I'm still surprised that I'm actually writing. Oh, my
0: gosh. That's a whole episode, too. Yeah. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: The things we um, sort of loudly declared when we were kids is hilarious. Yeah. My mom remembers me saying quite like certain when I was in high school that somebody asked me if I planned on having kids and I told them hmm. only when they, when scientists figure out how to make a man get pregnant <laughs> <laughs> with the implication being like, my life is too busy to be the one getting pregnant and having babies. Yeah. Uh, like, okay. So yeah. Um, obviously well, that didn't happen. Well, how
1: long ago did you have kids?
0: Uh, My oldest is 12 and a half. So So
1: you beat the first trans guy to have a kid, I think, by a few years. Oh, okay. The first trans guy to publicly have a kid. I guess I gave up. Yeah,
0: you gave up. Gave up waiting.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's happening now. It occasionally happens. Uh, It's always fun. (laughs) There was that news story about a while ago that was like um, very notable because I think he'd also had top surgery. And so it just appeared very much like the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Right. Like yeah. Or whatever. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I still don't think I'm going to uh, no. have kids. That is. Well, I'm also like incapable of having kids, which is a- another topic, but I'm, um, uh, I may, I don't know. I've, I've said this before to partners where I'm like, well, if you really want them, then maybe we could figure something out, but I don't have a lot of strong feelings myself. Like my cat is, pretty cool and my roommate's cat's pretty cool and that's they can poop in a box and I can leave uh, them when I go somewhere yep. and I don't have to like be responsible in a super strong way for them totally plus I'm just pretty sure and another topic of conversation yes. that if I did have kids I would fuck it up really bad and they would resent me so um well,
0: but i i i don't know how you can work around that i mean i'm not trying to convince you
1: that you should have kids. i'm saying I could be I could be the overarching theme do. of this podcast is you're just slowly convincing me to be a mother no,
0: no. <laughs> oh god no i would never ever ever do that to anyone
1: That's good you've, you've passed my test oh uh, gross yeah and i don't i don't think that like uh i i have like i have joked and maybe you thought of this as a mom Like maybe if I did have kids, I would raise them the same way my parents raised me. So they would eventually rebel against it and be similar to me because my deep seated fear and probably proof that I shouldn't be a parent is I'm like, well, what if I had a boy who liked like American football and (laughs) was like heterosexual and kind of a gross way that was like really misogynist and like. Like, I don't know, shot guns all the time and went to church. Like, how would I even talk to that person? Right. Yes. Like, and I don't know. I imagine that, like, to some degree, kids always, like, rebel against their parents. But I, who knows? Um The easiest way to solve that problem is just, like, hang out with my friend's kids occasionally and then go home when they get whiny. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's very true. Yeah. That is a whole <laughs> other episode. But yeah, no, I'm like, so my experience of motherhood, parenthood is such that I would never convince, try to convince someone who didn't, who wasn't even, it's not even that they don't want to become a parent. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. convince them. It's that even if you're like borderline, I'm not, I'm just as likely to convince you to never have kids (laughs) It's basically like a personal choice, but I am like not one of these people who are going to be like, you have to like, it is the best thing that ever happened to me. And how can you go through life? Yeah, no, that's not, that is uh, every goes against everything. I believe about humanity.
1: I have a friend from, from um, back in Austin who I had known for years and her and my other friend, are partners. And, they um, I don't know if they actually identify as quiverful, but they are kind of quiverful. And I think they have five, maybe six kids. And um, they have another family member who has about seven kids. And and like, I talking to her about it, she was just like, I love being pregnant. It's the best thing. And every time I mention that to a woman who's been pregnant, who isn't her, she's kind of like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It worked for her. It worked for her really well. She prefers being pregnant. Yeah,
0: um, I prefer being pregnant too. Oh, okay.
1: It's a it's thing.
0: What happens after?
1: I prefer drinking bourbon. I mean, <laughs> exactly.
0: you get to make your decision. Yes. That's such a great... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, there's so much truth in that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I think they relax that now. You can actually drink a little bit when you're pregnant. Um, <gasps> well, I, just I do... mean, I just
0: mean that if you like drink a lot of bourbon oh sure like you pay the price for that too yeah it's true like it's yeah. fun while yeah. you're drinking it
1: just one just one cocktail just- and then uh, a book and reading <laughs> just really responsibly that's what I do right. um <laughs> I also oh god a uh, random note about the bourbon I have um another friend who has kids who when they were teething when they were little he would just be like oh you just rub some whiskey on their gums right and I was like, "Oh my God!"
0: It's very scientific.
1: You're the coolest dad. Um, <laughs> so yeah, scientific, exactly.
0: Uh, well, they were like, God. "These
1: baby aspirin are expensive. We already have the whiskey." So
0: right. Yeah, that's what they did a hundred years ago. So
1: exactly. And look how we all turned out.
0: Exactly. Real- we invented Real- the internet.
1: We did. Yes, yes, we did. And we <laughs> have managed to not completely and totally destroy the world yet. So. yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Okay. Um tell people about uh how they can contact you on the internet and if there's anything else that you're making that you think they should see.
1: Sure, yeah. So uh I'm on Twitter at Brooke Shelley. We'll put that in the liner notes too. Yeah. Um it's my account for work and fun, and I mix it up and there's it's probably a not safe for work account, even though it also <laughs> is used for my work sometimes. Um but yeah, uh, I've been using Twitter for a long, long time. It's the best place. Um, and then I also have a book that just came out, or I'm at least in a book that just came out called "Lean Out," that is uh, stories of um, misogyny in tech, and that is from Or Books. And I think it's it's on their website, which is orbooks.com. Cool. Um, and we'll put that link in there as well. And yeah, it's pretty good. There's a, about I think fifteen or so authors um, in it, and. It's people all over different spectrums Or women mostly all over different spectrums Of like race and class And sexuality talking about how Tech is for us Or was for us Mm -hmm. And some of the stories are really really sad And some of them are really just hilarious And strange And um, I think it's worth reading Nice,
0: It's on my reading list I admit I have not read it yet But it is I finally
1: got a copy I didn't have one for a while I saw my editor at the um, conference I went to, and I was like, hey, Alyssa, I didn't actually get a copy of it yet. She was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> and I had one in my mailbox when I got home. So, nice. Yeah, it was quick. It was good.
0: I I love the concept of a book titled Lean Out and about yeah. that topic, and the cover looks amazing. And yeah. yeah.
1: It was fun to do. I kind of got hit up by her randomly, and she was like, so I heard that you talk about this stuff. Would you want to write in a book for me? And I was nice. just it was right when I started at my last job. So I was like, Oh my God. Yes. That'd be cool. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for
0: being on the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was really fun.
0: It was. (laughs) And we'll have you on again and offline we'll talk about like how regular that will be. But I mean, obviously we have lots of ground to cover and so (laughs) (laughs) thanks for being on.
1: Yeah. Thanks again. Have a great evening
0: and that's the show thanks for listening so as we hinted at kind of all through that episode Brooke and I were kind of checking out the possibility of her joining me as a co-host on the show and indeed that is what's going to happen so welcome Brooke as co-host of I guess we're grown-ups now I suspect there's a bunch of amazing conversations to come and I hope you all are gonna listen to them as always, you can subscribe on iTunes, and you can just search for I Guess We're Grown Ups Now in iTunes, and you'll find us. Follow us on Twitter at Grown Ups underscore FM. Thanks again to Feed Press and Good Stuff for hosting I Guess We're Grown Ups Now. Have a great day. Talk soon.